Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a little A's Cast Live on a Friday. We got pitchers and catchers. We've got all kinds of baseball news for you. You know, this always seems to happen when we have a World Baseball Classic. We all get excited. You start looking at the rosters, and the next thing you know, guys start dropping like flies. Clayton Kershaw, Dodger great, future Hall of Famer. He's now out because he can't get some type of insurance policy. Uh, Herman Marquez from the Rockies, he is out. He's got a bad hammy. Nasty Nestor of the Yankees, not looking good. Is he officially out yet? Yeah, he's out. So he's out. So guys are starting to drop, and uh, they haven't even reported yet. So we'll check uh, and see how that will work out. As we get ready for the World Baseball Classic, we've got a great show for you today uh, coming up here in just a little bit from The Athletic. You remember one of the biggest stories and clearly one of the biggest scandals in sports history, the baseball cheating scandal, the Astros of 2017, and the man that really dug in trusted his sources, weathered the storm, and brought it all to us with Ken Rosenthal. But it was Evan Drellich who made this story go. And a lot of guys, let's face it, a lot of guys, and I've had it happen to me before, when you're going through something like this, you've got to have the backing of your management. I remember when I broke that Raiders story about all the defensive coach, Hugh Jackson coming in 
last game of the season. They lose the Chargers. He came in and fired every defensive coach when he didn't have the power to do it. And I, I tweeted it out, and then everybody tried to throw me under the bus. And then, of course, I was vindicated. But, yeah, I had everybody in the country calling me. Luckily, our, our old boss, Jason Barrett, he goes, you trust your source? I go, yeah, my source is one of the guys that got fired. And, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of heat comes down on you. Well, that was just a Raider story. You can still Google it. It's still up there. I was in USA Today, Pro Football Talk. You know, who's this guy from San Francisco who's a talk show host is breaking the story? So I can't imagine Evan Drellich in this story. Can you imagine? This is... I mean, what stories have been bigger than this when you talk scandal in baseball? Pete Rose. Yeah. Uh, the PED thing, but that's so different because that was that just wasn't one story. That was a long thing. Um, Mitchell report? Well, that t- all ties in with PEDs yeah. and steroids. And that was actually a baseball investigation. We're talking about a, you're, somebody, somebody who's got sources, somebody that has – you know they've got the they've got the goods of the story, and they're breaking the story. And you know that the team's immediate reaction is going to deny, deny, deny. What about I, the 19, 1919 White Sox? I have Where been, were you at? I, I don't know. <laughs> what did they say on Twitter in nineteen nineteen about the about the White Sox taking cash to throw the World Series? Uh, remember George Steinbrenner and the whole thing with uh, who was it? Was it Dave Winfield? Dave Winfield. Yeah, when he was spying on Dave Winfield. March shot being and fired. Dave, and George Steimer, you Or suspended. For for you young kids, the owner, George Steinbrenner, the boss, got suspended. Like, that's like unheard of now. That would be like Robert Kraft of the Patriots, with all the scandals that have gone on with the Patriots, well documented. They've been punished. They've had Deflate gate, spy gate. They've had all kinds of gates. Robert Kraft would have been suspended from the pay, owning the Patriots. You don't lose your ownership, but you're suspended from being around the team. I'm trying to think what other scandals. Um, Donald baseball? Sterling. Yeah, that. If that he was... would have just been suspended from the Clippers and not forced to. Uh, now, now the big one now is uh, Robert Sarver, who's was the Suns owner. He was he had to sell the team. He sold the team, but it, George didn't have to sell the team. You're talking about they just went and suspended the owner. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, all these kind of scandals, this is up there with it. So Evan Drellich has a new book out called Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess, which continues to go today as Dave Roberts, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, answering questions about cheating this spring training because of this book. More teams are doing it. Here's one rule of thumb here. Can we go a rule of thumb here? If there's one team doing it, what do we know? Multiple teams are doing it. Right. If there's a handful of guys doing steroids. There's dozens of guys doing. There's 70, probably something percent of the league (laughs) was doing steroids, right? I mean, that's a funny thing. It's like we could just know just from the A's and the Giants. There's only 30 teams. We know. A's players were on it. Giants players were on it. We know that. The whole Balco thing, A's and Giants players were in Balco, right? Raiders were in Balco. Niners were in Balco. I mean, these are just Bay Area teams. 
I mean, look at the uh, God. I can't remember the lat. What was the uh, What was the one down in Miami with a Biogenesis? Biogenesis. Ryan Braun. Look at all those guys. No, that was the FedEx guy's fault, not Ryan yeah. Braun. I mean, look at all those. So you start looking at it, you start going, okay, if there's a couple guys doing it, and people know this is such a close net group, and we'll talk about that with Evan Drellich. But but just remember. Jose Canseco gave out at least 75% of the league's on it. And everybody went, that's ridiculous. And then everybody went, well, he might be right. <laughs> Remember Ken Cavanetti talked about how many guys are on it? So when guys are really honest, we'll talk to Evan Drellich coming up here at 130, and then we'll have our national baseball columnist, Eno Saris. He is going to be here at 230. By the way, I just want to say, what I'm wearing today, I got to tell you, this A's top, is this from last year or the year before? Oh, we got that last year. His last year. Can you still buy this? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been to the shop, and I haven't looked like online. It's, it's short sleeve. I just got to tell you, I own a lot of A's gear, as you know. I own a lot of A's gear. I own a lot of Raiders gear. I would have to say this might be the most comfortable thing I own. I mean, this thing, if you can go out and still buy this, this top is fantastic. And by the way, I love this hat. If you can see the hat. This is the 2020 playoff hat. Well, this was the. Here, show the hat again. Can you get in close? I love this hat. Was this ever for sale? This wasn't for sale, was it? Uh, it was during the COVID year, so I'm going to say I'm going to go with probably not. Yeah. Well, it could have been. I don't, so I don't we know. Re- we technically didn't get to enjoy it because we did everything from right where we are right now. You're going to have to go way down on that when you change the angle back. Um, but, yeah, I re- if, you have a, if you have an opportunity and you can still buy this, it wasn't expensive either. No, because I mean, we both bought it the same day. I don't know. What, uh, it was like, cheap. Like 40 bucks or something. Yeah, and this thing is so comfortable. I mean, it's like per- – especially once we get out of serious cold and you just want something to put on. I mean, this is great. So I highly recommend this top. I want to start today with what I think is super important. Now, we love talent. It's something that in professional sports, we ooh and ah over talent. We love it. What we don't ooh and ah enough about is production. And why I'm starting to show with this is... I think it's great when you have pitchers and catchers. I think it's great when we have these early stories and we got to make stuff up and it's great. And, oh, Fuji threw his first bullpen. Everybody was there. Mark Kotze quotes. David Force quotes. This is great. It is great. I watched the video. Yeah, he's a big dude. And it was we, hard. And when he comes down that mound, I mean, he's a big dude and he's got a split and it's like, let's go, right? I don't know where my phone is. Sorry. Oh, there it is. And, yeah, it's exciting. It definitely is exciting. And hopefully he blossoms into this player that is devastating. He's an ace-like pitcher. You know, sometimes with professional athletes, the light just goes on. You just figure it out. Like, you just get out there and everything starts working and everything that you've been trying. Because when you make changes in anything you do in life, it doesn't go Perfect right away. Doesn't matter what sport. If you're making hitting changes, 
If you're a quarterback and you're making changes with your delivery or you're, you've got a new playbook, if you're in golf and you're switching your swing, you're doing a new swing, that, anything you do in sports, we'll keep it to sports, when you're making changes, there's going to be growing pains. But then all of a sudden it all starts to come, come together, bang. That's what happened to, to Fuji last year and like the last three months of his season. It all came together fastball his size right he had gained weight strength split finger now he's nasty that's all great that's all great that's fun let's have fun with it because yeah he has ace like stuff at least 40 pitches in a bullpen (laughs) all right we're talking about 40 pitches in a bullpen settle down I haven't seen a guy throw that good coming from Japan since you, Darvish, did it when I watched every single bullpen of his back in was that Well, you weren't watching Otani. You're going to say Otani stinks? I'm going to go back to Darvish because I believe he wore number 11 as well. I'm going to tell you something. The guy that matters right now to me, the minute Cole Irvin was traded, the guy that matters to me is Paul Blackburn. That is the story you should be looking at coming out of spring training right now. Because, folks, somebody's got to start every five days. Somebody's got to give you innings. If you don't have at least one guy that you can count on and you're juggling and you're like, oh, which young guy are we going with today? You're in for a long year. Somebody's got to be the guy. And the one guy you got that... You're hoping can be that pitcher for you is Paul Blackburn. And he talked yesterday. No, that's not the big story. Oh, Fuji threw 40 pitches. Ooh, that's great. You want to go over there? Shiny new toy. It's Christmas morning. Okay, I get it. Let's have fun with that. But the real story is Paul Blackburn feels great. And he's the guy that can be in a rotation every five days. Fuji's never done that. That's the problem with the Japanese pitchers. Ooh, shiny new toy. They go one every six days. And you know what's going to happen because what do we do? What do we do in baseball more than any other sport, even the NBA? Rest. We baby players. It's unbelievable. But if you look at the first half, Paul Blackburn really had a good first half. Even though he got roughed up at the end right before the All-Star break, things started going bad for him. He had a 3.62 ERA, but at one point he was in the twos. Yeah, I have it right here. His first 16 starts, he, he was he had a he was six and three with a two nine zero ERA. Yeah, he was dealing. And then he had that real then he had the real bad start. Give me the innings. Starts. Give me the innings. Uh he threw eighty seven innings in those sixteen starts. And then after that is when it kind of started falling apart for him. There you go. That guy that pitched in the first half, I'm not saying he has to be an all-star again, but I need somebody that's going to start every five days. And Paul Blackburn makes it. When I read Martin Gallegos, I got it off my A's app on my phone. You can go to just MLB.com or OaklandAthletics.com. That was the number one thing for me because – there had been this mystery. How's Blackburn's finger? Caprellian with the shoulder. Oh, my God. Like, what's this mystery? Like, okay, Caprellian with the shoulder, not shocked. 
But you're telling me Blackburn's finger's not ready yet? Like, how long do you need your finger to heal? I'm not a, a, a feet and hands doctor, but seriously, how long is it? At? But all that's gone. Blackburn says he feels great. Great. And I know that's not sexy, but let me tell you, I say this to everybody. What's the best ability there is in sports? Availability. Availability. You can be the greatest actor on Broadway, but if you can't show up every single night and sell tickets, I got problems. What made Patrick Mahomes so great? He's got he's got a Patrick Mahomes ankle is jacked. It is jacked up. More than more than we knew. Like now the reports are coming out. I got a buddy in Kansas City who knows some of the people with the Chiefs. Uh his ankle's really bad. What did he do? He played. He played. No IL. No, my God, we're going to limit him to like a like a major league baseball pitcher. We're going to only have him go four innings. No, shoot him up. Let's go. Painkillers. This is the Super Bowl. This is the AFC title game. Patrick Mahomes showed up. He's a champion and a future Hall of Famer. So, so, you, so you let him play back-to-backs like the NBA doesn't? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Availability. You need guys to play. We get too enamored in our sport with just the talent. Ooh, he throws 100. Ooh, he does this. Ooh, he does that. Oh, he takes batting practice. He hits at 500 feet. Can you mount the post every day? Can you show up every day and deliver? That's how you get a plaque in Cooperstown. That's how you get. You want a big contract? You want big-time money? Show up every day and produce. It's why already DeGrom, oh my, Strasburg, which is sad, Strasburg's career could be over. Like, man, if you can't get the ball every five days and pitch for me, you're useless. And, and I will say this, if you don't give me 30 starts, like how many starts do you have to give me if I'm going to call you a starting pitcher? How many starts do you have to give me for, for me to really go, yep, you matter? Everyone's different, but I'd say between 20 and 30 probably. At least 20. Yeah. You got, I mean, we play yeah. 162 games. You're only going to perform in 20 of them? How many How many starts has DeGrom made over the last three years? Well, you told me 38. Yeah, right. 38 starts DeGrom has yeah, made Yeah, and everybody's, oh, he's the greatest pitcher ever. Think about I I honestly think people don't think about it. There's 162 days that we play, right? Yes, that's confirmed. There's 162. If you only play in 20 of them, that's not a lot. You're not, you're not. It's amazing when you really look at the percentage of what starting pitchers participate in now. They don't start as much. They don't throw as much innings. So how much do you actually participate in a 162-game schedule? If you're giving me 22 starts and you're only going five innings in each start, you're not giving me a whole hell of a lot. So I, I don't know really what your value is. Yeah, you got some value because when you're in there for that little bit of time, you're really good, but you are in there for such a little bit of time. That's where I broke down last year the show Otani. When you're Big Poppy or you're Otani or you're Edgar Martinez or whoever DH, you literally are only participating in two of the nine innings a night. People don't think about that. You, listen, you get four at-bats. 
So you're in a half inning. So four half innings equals two innings. So you're only participating. It's a nine-inning game. You're only in there for two innings. You better be hell on wheels because you're not giving me anything else to help me win. You're not helping me on defense. You're not. You're. You got four at bats. If you don't do something in those four at bats, you're worthless. It's about. It's a game of productivity. All sports is a game of productivity. Like if you're the sixth man in the NBA, you come in. You're not going to play. I mean, if you're Jamal Crawford, you're going to play a lot of minutes. Ginobili. But you better come in and be instant offense. You got to come in and produce. It's production. You're not there to play defense. You're not there to rebound. You come in off the bench as a six man. I want buckets. That's your job. Give me offense. Production. And that for me, Paul Blackburn, you want to talk about a key? What are the keys to the season? Find me somebody that can give me at least 25 starts. You're going to need that. You're going to you're desperately going to need that. Remember, his first 16 starts, he gave up 28 earned runs, which gave him the 2.90 ERA. The la- his last five, 25 earned runs and four starts. So yeah, the finger was an issue, but and maybe teams started figuring him out. But if you can get somewhere back to where he was the first 16 starts of last year, where he was an All Star, he's in good hands this year. He can get the th- close to 30 starts. Well, some of these young guys, you know, Waldachuk seems like a guy that he's going to be able to take the ball. J.P. Sears seems like a guy that he's going to be able to take the ball. And Muller, the kid from Atlanta, I mean, he threw a, a complete game last year in AAA. Here he has a one-up on a lot of these guys. So, I mean, you've got some of these young pitchers, if we're going to allow them, say, hey, here you go, let her rip. I But we'll baby him as we always do. But I, some of them may be able to, hey, listen, if I'm going and things are good and, you know, I'm not – I. I'm not embarrassing myself. I'm competing. That's the one thing. It's like Pache last year. He wasn't competing. He stopped competing. He was just, he was drowning. As long as you're going out there, even if you're giving up runs and you're taking some L's, but you're competing and you're and you're you're out there and it's it's something to watch. Yeah, the A's have those arms, but somebody's got to be the lead dog. So yes, Fuji, hundred, split, awesome. Cool to see. Biggest news for me so far is Blackburn healthy and ready to go. Because who's going opening day? Who who are you going to try and get at least 25 to 30 starts out of? Blackburn? It's not going to be Fuji. Even though technically you should because you probably have him for one year. Yeah. He's a Boris guy. He, he, he came here on a one-year deal. He's Scott Boris guy. If Fuji goes out and dominates, he will not be in Oakland next year. So you know what? Ride him. Say, oh, you've never pitched once every every five days? Well, congratulations. You're now in Major League Baseball. Here you go. It's amazing how I think versus everybody else, but that's how I would see it. I would go, if he throws well, no chance of re-signing him. Yeah, I, well, I, I can't say that. You never know. Yeah, if he has a halfway decent, you might be able to re-sign him. You for... might. I mean, and, and who knows? Maybe you say, man, we love this guy. He pitches, the ballpark really fills up because Japanese stars, you know what Japanese stars do? Make money. They put butts in the seats. Make money. They put butts in the seats. We have seen that, whether it is Ichiro, Shohei, Japanese stars. Matsui. Matsui. 
Godzilla, I can tell you right now, my my golfing buddy Simon, who is English, is married to a Japanese woman, and when they moved here from Japan, he's obviously in tech, so he moved here. Um, she loves obviously the Japanese players, so whenever Otani's in town. They're coming to Angel Games, and now she's fired up that uh, Fuji's on our team. So I guarantee you the Webbers will be going to the Coliseum on days uh, Fuji pitches. Two Bs or one B in their last name? Uh, two Bs. Okay. I, I don't know why that was the first thing that popped in my head, but so everyone spells Weber different. So, yeah, Japanese players. I mean, so, I mean, let's just say he comes out, and he's nasty, and he's really good. And, and that, that's the, that is the dilemma right now with the Angels is if they want to get rid of Shohei Otani, what you can't do is you can't get rid of the money that he makes you. Yeah. Like, like you, you could – you really can't make a baseball – you can't I, – I guess there's some people who would try and justify trading him from a baseball standpoint. I still think it you're not going to get the value for him. People don't want to make trades anymore. It's very rare. It's very rare that you get an AJ Preller who goes, "I'm all in, you know, give me Soto, give me Hader." I mean, AJ Preller is AJ Preller's lucky to have a job. And the reason why AJ Preller has a job, people still don't know. This guy has made so many moves over so many years that have backfired that most guys would have been let go, but somehow Peter Seidler, right? Is, yeah, Seidler, is, yeah. He's the guy who's their managing – he's their main owner. He's somehow believes in him. And uh, Padres are rolling right now, obviously, but it's very rare. Anthopolis – by the way, uh, Alex Anthopoulos was just on with Buster Olney on Tuesday. Fabulous. Fabulous. If you get a chance to uh, – Baseball Tonight podcast, Alex Anthopoulos was just uh, – he was great. And I want to talk. I can't wait till we talk to David Force. When's our next David Force show? Probably, probably next week in spring. I'll I'll touch base with him. This guy, Alex Anthopoulos, reminds me of my wife. I mean, interesting. To see where this goes. Yes. <laughs> my wife is a worry ward. My wife worries about everything. I don't care how good things are going. You can be in the middle of Disneyland <laughs> on a perfect trip. You know when you're in Disneyland, you feel like you're in a different world, right? You could be in Disneyland, perfect trip. Kids are happy. Everybody's happy. Kids got balloons. They got shiny stuff in their hands. They're taking pictures with Mickey. Everybody's happy. You're in the happiest place in the world. And middle of day, my wife will be like, oh, my God, do you know that Clark Pest is coming tomorrow to the house? Is the back gates unlocked? We're in Disneyland, and you're <laughs> worried about the Pest guy? The Pest guy. Like, that's the kind of thing my wife. Like, you could be in the greatest moment. Kids are having the greatest time, and she's worried that the gardener, or the Pest guy, or somebody's show. I mean, I, that, that's how, and that's how Alex Anthopoulos runs the Atlanta Braves. And he talked about it, where he said, I am always glass half full. 
I'm always glass half full. I'm always expecting injuries. I'm always expecting someone's going to have a down year. I always have a contingency plan. There's always plan B, C, and D. And I went, wow, man, they've had a lot of success in Atlanta. They've been to the playoffs, what, five straight years? Won the World Series? Yeah, I think it's been more than that. The playoff runs. But, yeah, they won the World Series. I mean, Won the World Series, but they've been to like five, six straight, something like that. I mean, they've had great success since he came over from Toronto. And this guy, I mean, he sounds miserable. Yeah, 18, 19, 20, 21, so, and 22, so five, yeah. So it's five years? Yeah. yeah. This guy is a general manager of a team that's been to the playoffs five straight years, won the World Series, and all he thinks about is doom and gloom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. That's not Billy Bean, I can tell you that. That's not how Billy Bean is. So I want to ask David Forrest, are you a glass half full guy or are you a doom and gloom guy? Because Anthopolis, who, by the way, the A's seem to really like. Yeah, that's true. How many trades have we made with them the last I mean, couple years? Jesus. It's, whether it's A.J. Preller, you know, they're, friend, they're buddies with Preller, they're buddies with Anthopolis, obviously buddies with Brian Cashman. That's that long-time relationship between Bean and Cashman. There's also, well, it's been different GMs. Uh, Toronto as well has been different. Was Anthopolis a GM there? Whenever they would have traded uh, Not Chapman. Donaldson. I think Anthopolis was running the team then. Was he? So just carried that relationship over when he yeah. went to Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, there's certain guys that you become buddies with. We have to break here. Yeah. Okay, coming up next, I've been waiting for this. I, I've got the electronic copy. I just realized he sent it to me. Evan Drellich will make his return to A's Cast Live. We're talking scandals, baby, right here on A's Cast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's that time of the year. Single game tickets are now on sale for the 2023 season. Don't miss out on securing your tickets for some of the biggest matchups, fireworks, drone shows, giveaways, and more. Visit athletics.com slash tickets to get yours now. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I can tell you this, I, I didn't realize until right now that, Commander, you sent me the electric copy of Winning Fixes Everything, how baseball's brightest minds created sports' biggest mess. Yeah, I got it yesterday, um, and I, as soon as I got it, I forwarded it over to you because we were supposed to get the hard copy, but um, I got the electronic copy, so I'm excited to start reading this one because... I read the uh, the first book they did on the Astros, Astro Ball, where they talked about how great they were tanking and building up the team. So this yeah. is interesting to learn learn more about this one. Well, Evan Drellich, who used to be with the Houston Chronicle, now with the Athletic, uh, this book I can't wait. And hardcover right now. I'm looking on Amazon. You can get it for twenty seven fifty. God, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing how? 
book sales have changed. So you can get it audio CD because, I mean, for a lot of us, right, we do a lot of driving. You pop that baby in, and while you're driving, maybe you got somewhat of a commute. Uh, it's a great way to go. Whenever I've done long vacations, put in put in one of these uh, books on an audio CD. That's twenty seven twenty nine. A lot of you Kindle people out there, fourteen ninety nine. I mean, it's that simple. If you wanted the hardcover right now, you could have it like within a day or two. It's crazy. Drellich just Drellich just uh, messaged me. He said that he never got the link for this, so his guy, his handler, I guess, never passed it on to him. So I texted it to him. So it should be a few minutes. Okay. So I just want to read a description of the book or, or, or basically the description they've put out on the book. The reporter who broke the Houston Astros cheating scandal reveals how a baseball team could so dramatically descend into corruption with never before told details of a broken management culture, the once revered leaders who enabled it and the scandal itself. Bang! Let me read on. As Moneyball, because that connects us, right? Everything Moneyball connects to the Oakland Athletics. As Moneyball thinking and Ivy League graduates grab hold of the sport, the Astros set out to build a cost-efficient winning machine on the principles of of the outside business world, which is what? Squeezing every dollar of every transaction, player, and employee. That's what corporations do, right? Because corporations, who's the boss? Well, it's the shareholders. You got it. You don't appease the shareholders, they start throwing people's butts out. And they don't care how you make them their money. They want the money. But but it is true. And I've told the story is I actually have a connection into the Jim Crane family and have learned a little more about this. I want to read one more thing. The winds piled up and so did the cash of the billionaire owner with a checkered business past, but not even a World Series title could cover up the rot. Wow. Unbelievable. Cannot wait to read it. Evan Drellich is with us once again here on A's Cast Live. It's great to have you back on the program. I was telling our listeners, I'm on Amazon now, all the different ways they can get it. I mean, it's amazing how life has changed for us, right? You can get the audio CD. You can get the hardcover. You can get it for your Kindle. But I'm letting everybody know how to get it. I, I plan on, I got the electronic copy. I plan on reading it tonight. Uh the work that you have done from the Chronicle to the Athletic is second to none. Congratulations on another great book. I appreciate it. First things first, you can hear me, right? Yeah, we got you. Oh, good. That's good. No, I appreciate the, the kind words. I do. The book took a long time, and I, I'm really just glad that people have a chance to read it now. It, it, I was I stayed quiet for you know the better part of the last three years. Other people writing and talking about the Astros, and 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 they're allowed to, but I I. It was hard, you know, waiting for this to get out into the world. Well, I want you to let our listeners know that when they buy this book, what they're getting is your time with the Houston Chronicle, all the stuff, all the research you always kept and you had in your back pocket. 
So when this stuff started to break, that you knew what was going on, you could go back to your archive. So people need to know when they're reading this book, there is a long history of information that you have had to back everything that you have in the book. Yeah, it's it's a three-year project in terms of me you know, agreeing to a book deal and then actively working on the book, but it's really a decade of my reporting career. I mean, I mean, there's stuff in here dating to the start of my time with, with the Astros uh, as the Houston Chronicle beat writer. So that goes back to November of 2013. Um, and, you know, I'm not the smartest or most, or most organized guy in the entire world, but I, I did do something smart in, you know, holding on to my notes and, uh, in doing it in a way that was still accessible and usable uh, years after the fact. And and I I do think the fact that I had covered the team in this period, in a controversial period leading up to the scandal, gives me a vantage point that, you know, I, I think that's hard to replicate, right? I, I was there and I covered a lot of stuff that um, really remained relevant. Well, you start thinking about sports scandals, in the history of modern sports. And we start thinking about Pete Rose. We start thinking about the PEDs. You start thinking of, of Spygate with the Patriots. A at what point did you realize, I've got something here that's major. This is a really, really big deal. I knew it was big from the start. I didn't know it was – I don't think anybody could have pred predicted exactly what unfolded. You know, I, I remember thinking that it was possible people would be fired. I wasn't sure people would be fired. I think I, I more felt it likely that people would not be fired. I did expect suspensions. In hindsight, yeah, of course they're going to get fired. Um, so, it, you know, I, look, when I was working on it, it took 13 months to get the story done. I, I knew it was a big deal. I, I think the thought I had m more was just – am I ever going to get it done? Is, is it going to, is it going to get out into the world? I mean, there was a period when I first learned about it, that I had, I was unemployed. I'd been fired. Um, so it was kind of, it was a weird road to, to finally getting to the point where it comes out, but I'm, I'm very glad it, it did come out. So I was reading part of the description to our audience before you came on that they have on Amazon. And I, I when we think about corporations, we think about the shareholders you always got to appease the shareholders. It's about the money. And as it says in here, squeezing every dollar out of everything. We accept that. We don't like it, but we accept that about corporate America. But we don't like that for our sports teams. And really kind of what, 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 what I'm reading here in the description is how much the Astros, like it or not, were really run like an American corporation. And people don't want that from their sports teams. Yeah, I mean, they want some of it. Um, I, I think that's an overarching theme of the book. I mean, the, the end of my introduction is this is what happens when corporate America meets America's pastime. And, you know, there are some distinctions. Um, baseball is not the outside world. It is 30 teams, 30 businesses that uh, are in a closed circuit. You're not actually trying to put the other guy out of business, right? The Yankees don't want the A's to go out of business. They are all relying on each other to some degree. Uh, and there's a lot of movement between these businesses, right? Executives and, and staff go from the A's to, Oakland, you know, A's, A's to Oakland, A's to the Yankees, whatever, right? Um, and so kind of more than most industries, you actually have an incentive not to 
uh, put everybody out and and uh, anger everybody. And, and I also think it, it is baseball. We treat it with more idealism than we might say like Walmart. You know, it's not that they're it's not that baseball is literally the worst working dish, working conditions in the world. But for a long time, people were treating the rosters uh with a with a money ball lens right money ball comes out and uh and it's well you know how can we get the cheapest most efficient rosters well what's going to happen these owners are going to try to bring the money ball approach to the entirety of the business and crane was really at the forefront of that jim crane the owner um you know teams used to be a little bit more you did a good job for us we're not going to throw you out on the street you know, some jobs don't really exist in the outside world in baseball. Like if you're a baseball scout, you you can find work, hopefully. But, you know, there's not a clear analog, right, to, to a regular working position. And Correct, you work yeah. long hours. You're on the road a lot. Your pay probably isn't good. Broadca- it's not like everybody in baseball is making Broadcasters. a lot of money. Broadcasters. I mean, yeah. same, I mean if we, people who work yeah. in sports and whatever sport you work in, it's not like if you say, I want to switch my career, you don't really have the resume that goes, hey, I'm just going down the street and getting another job. Right. And so, but there's also this reality that there's always a line of people out the door. Right. And so, uh, you know, these teams, the Astros included, just started acting more ruthlessly, more efficiently um, and, you know, squeezing out that extra dollar. Well, we can, this guy's making 80K. All right, well, go get somebody making 55K. They'll love to work in sports and they're right. They will. Uh, But, you know, there's a lot of other examples besides just letting people go, you know, not giving people titles. Um, contract stuff they would do myriad different examples in the book of this this uh, bottom line driven culture that took over in Houston. Jim Crane is now a guy who's coming out every year and playing at the AT and T out of Pebble Beach, the golf tournament with the pros and the celebs. A couple of years ago, Jim Crane was on KMBR, it's the sports station here in San Francisco. Yeah. He does his interview. He's walking out of the media room as I'm walking in. I see him. And then I go over to the guys and I know, and they go, you're not going to believe what he just said. Off the air, he goes, hey, guys, you got to realize we weren't the only ones doing it. He wouldn't <laughs> say he wouldn't say it on the air, but he said it off the air to these guys, and then he yeah. walks out. And your book talks about this. How, you know, we, we don't know, but it's kind of like the steroid era. It's just not a couple guys doing it. A lot of people were doing it. Baseball wanted to make the Astros. It's the Astros. They get punished. We'll put a bow on it. It's over. You know, really, what do you think? And what do you, I know your research is in this book. I, I mean, how many teams, you know, what's your thought on how many teams were doing it? I think this topic is complicated. Does someone else cheating justify your cheating, right? Barry Bonds, the famous story is why did he start using PEDs? Because he saw McGuire and Sosa do it. Well, does that make it right that Bonds did it? But nonetheless, if you're just trying to trace how this happened, um, that that is what happened in baseball. You, you had the Yankees are understood to be ground zero, and Chris Young, outfielder, goes to Boston arrives in Boston's like, Hey, you guys aren't using your video rooms to decode signs and then get it to the runner on second base. Like what, you know, we had all your signs, Red Sox start doing it. So more veteran contending teams were doing this base runner system. Um, there's another question about does severity and cheating matter? D- d- does the level of crime, is any crime a crime or are there different degrees of crimes? Um, <laughs> it's a misdemeanor. Most, what's that? It's a misdemeanor. It's not yeah. a felony. It's a misdemeanor. 
Well, right. And you can sit there and go, well, should the base runner system been considered a felony? Uh, you know, it, it, certainly the commissioner's office had some influence in how that was viewed by, by being really light on the Red Sox and the Yankees. But, but nonetheless, even putting that aside, you know, what the Astros do at home in 2017, the famous garbage can scheme, is different. It, you know, when you have the base runner system, what, what the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Red Sox, Astros on the road were doing, um, you know, you have the runner on base. The home system for the Astros in 17, uh, you have the camera in center field going to the monitor behind the dugout in the tunnel, and uh, you don't need a runner on base. It, it's entirely off the field with the assistance of electronics. And so there's something that really, you know, maybe the base runner involved in the other system is a trick where, where you should go. Yeah, but they're still cheating. Yeah, they are still cheating. Uh, it, it, the, there's something more flagrant about what the Astros were doing in the eyes of most, including me. Um, so yeah, we're, some teams, the evidence is that there were veteran contending teams. I don't think literally everybody using a base runner system and then the Astros came in on top of that and said, we're doing better. We're taking this one, two, three steps further. And they did. And, you know, this argument of, well, somebody else is speeding too. Yeah, but you were speeding 130 and I, I'm the cop and I pulled you over. I'm not saying I'm the cop, but, but that's the argument, right? Like yeah. the idea that you, you catch everyone who ever does anything, where? Where in the world does that happen? It, it You know, it, it like find me the example of that. It just doesn't happen thing that i don't know if it fascinates me but it really intrigues me we kind of lived it at the baseball winter meetings i don't want to get too deep because he's a friend but there was somebody who works for the astros that they were jerking around and it, it was like shocking like are you serious and couldn't believe it and then you just start to think of what people know on the outside like you can oh garrett cole leaves and and you know, Carlos Correa leaves, and now it's Verlander wins the Cy Young. They win the World Series. He leaves. It's like every they can do whatever they want, it, and, and your book talks about it. Winning fixes everything. It's like really they don't care about the national PR. They don't care about the local PR. A lot of their decisions, like the person that we know, it was an unpopular decision. Luckily, everything got worked out. But to me, from the outside, it looks like they just do not care, and they win, and everybody in the end just goes, well, they're winning. I, I think they do care um, now. I, I think they've realized they have to. I mean, you can look at Dana Brown's hiring as certainly an image change uh, from, from before, right? Somebody with more of a scouting background, you know, not in the mold of, of Jeff Luno and, um, and James Click. And uh, I, I think you're, you're on to something uh, w with the idea that they were willing to just break every norm and, and boundary in the sport. Um, but, but it, there is a cost to it. And the idea that you're right, this is, this is really the book in a nutshell, um, does winning actually fix everything. And the 17 Astros are really the example of a team where that, I don't think it did because they held up that trophy. They can still hold up that trophy and the conversation doesn't end there. And so it's pretty rare to actually have an example where the bottom line result doesn't matter. Um, you know, one, one thing I think about, uh, and I, I mentioned at the end of another podcast, but it's probably something I need to mention more often. Um, let's say the Astros don't get caught cheating. Let's, let's say they never do it. And even let's say it could even take out like the Brandon Taubman incident, right? Yeah. There's still a huge book of all the crap 
going on behind the scenes there. And that it's really hard for people to reconcile that. But they're winning baseball games. So aren't they great? Aren't they smart? Depends what you value, right? It, 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 do you care about the means to the end or do you only care about the end? Often in this country and the way we're conditioned and with fandom and yada, yada, it's very bottom line driven. But I, I think the book succeeds in showing people there are other things that go along with this. There are other costs. There, there's, there's a lot under the hood that you don't see uh, when, you know, a team wins 105 games or whatever it is. Yeah, it's a great way to, to, to put it because, you know, we, the A's, we just won an award for one of the best front offices to work in. In, major, in, in professional sports, just not in baseball, in professional sports. So when you say under the hood, as somebody who works for a team, I work for the A's, I'm proud of that. Yeah, okay, we lost 102 games. But, you know, when we this all ends up coming back to what? Moneyball. Where did Moneyball start? It started here. So a lot yeah. of great things about working for the A's that when you talk about under the hood, it's kind of scary to think, you know, because everything you get out of Houston is just so negative. It's just – isn't it crazy that when you – and everybody hears stories in the industry. Everybody hears about all these different stories. You've heard more about it than anybody else. It's just – it's crazy the success they've had amongst all the dysfunction. I would agree with that. I mean, you know, the whole story is messy and kind of shades of gray, right, because – Jeff Luno and, and the front office there, they did do smart things as far as constructing a baseball roster. Um, there was so much other stuff that they didn't do well and didn't pay attention to, and it ends up coming back to bite them in, in really explosive um, ways. And, but that's, you know, that's kind of another part I think that's uncomfortable is like they're not pure evil. It's They're not dumb. They did do some things that you could argue were dumb. Um but but there was some success mixed in there too, and it's uh, I'll go back to that word. It's hard to reconcile those things, right? And and I, I think it just people like clean, tidy narratives, stories, you good, you bad, and that's that. And um, you know that's very often not real life and not real business settings and not real sports settings. When you think about delivering this message getting the book out it, it really is crazy where the media especially newspapers as newspapers i hate to say it, in a lot of ways are dying we have less and less beat writers we have less and less columnists we have i mean the the national baseball writer is practically gone in newspapers i mean thank god for the athletic it's great journalism eno saris uh joins us every single week here on the show, he's obviously here in the Bay Area, but I'm always pumping you guys. I think it's worth the subscription, whether you're football fan, basketball fan, soccer fan, whatever. You guys cover sports better than everybody else. How important is it that you had the athletic and this is a place you could truly get, help get your message out that if you were working for a traditional paper, let's say the Houston Chronicle, knowing how much power the Astros have, could have been a different story. Well, you know what? In the case of Houston, and this is something I only really realized more after the fact. I, you know, I was still relatively young when I first got to Houston. Um, this is, would have been, oh God, two, 2013, right? So I would have been, I don't know, 26 I turned that year. Um, if I can do math, and at this point of the day, I don't know that I can. Uh, you know, very early in 26 my 26 is wrote, young. You're now in there with a bunch of multimillionaire players, a lot of pressure, right. and you're 26. 
Right. And so, you know, a little, I'm, I'm young and aggressive reporter, maybe a little naive. And, you know, I very quickly realized that people are looking at this team like they're, they're crazy and that, that there, there is some sort of, there are questions about the culture. And I'm very proud of, of the story that I wrote back in 2014. Um, it, was, it was actually a story that, that when the Astros win the World Series in 17, Luno makes a reference to it at the White House. You know, when, when teams go to the White House, White House to celebrate, Luno uh, says, you know, they called it radical ways, but in the end we did it. Radical ways is a reference to, to, to the headline of, of this story uh, of mine uh, that I did. But the next year in 2015, uh, the Astros tried to get me removed from the beat. They tried to get me fired from, from at least covering them. You know, um, they Jim Crane, the owner and spokesperson Gene Diaz met with um, two of the top editors at the, the Chronicle and they stood by me. And it's only now as I've gone to work at other places, gotten older and realized, oh, man, there are places where that would not have happened, where they, they would have they would not have had that journalistic spine to do it. And um, so I have a lot of reverence and you know, really gratitude for the Chronicle for being true to, um, you know, journalism there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it, there are, there are places that, and I, and I certainly, uh, worked at one, but that doesn't have the backbone for that kind of stuff. Well, I will say this, not only the book, but everything that you've done, it's career defining. You will never be forgotten. For all of us that work in baseball, and when we look back on this period of time, yeah, they can put the beard out there, which would be Dusty Baker, and now I think Dana Brown. They can put the beard out there, but we now know what's really going on on the inside, and your reporting has been second to none. It's career-defining. I hope you win awards. I hope you're super successful with this book. I can tell you this. We're going to promote the heck out of it. We will promote it. We're going to sell copies, I guarantee you, because you know how our fans feel about the Astros. They're going to love this read. So thank you so much for your time. I know you got a lot of people you're talking to. Do, you're talking to. Uh, appreciate it. We're going to sell this for you, and congratulations. Your work has been second to none. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. It's very kind of you. You be well. Evan Drellich of The Athletic. Yeah, this is, wow. It's powerful stuff. You know? How do I want to put this? Maybe, just maybe, having all the Ivy League smartest guys in the world in our game isn't the greatest for the game. Are we going to, are we going to, you know what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden, Moneyball, it's our fault. It's our fault. All of these kids read Moneyball, saw Moneyball. They were in business schools, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and all Stanford, and all these places, right? MIT. Not, it's not all Ivy League, but MIT, Northwestern, which we like to call Northwestern in the Big Ten. All these smarty smartisans out there. I've said it before. This was the place that the nerds could be somebody. And I'm not the only person that's used nerds. It's, I know that's politically incorrect. But, you know, in baseball, goose gossage, the nerds are ruining the game. It's true. Because you're not going to get the main table at a restaurant. 
You're not going to be somebody who's on television. You're not going to be somebody on MLB Network. You're not going to be a celebrity being some super smart guy from an Ivy League school that's working for a hedge fund in New York or a tech firm in the Bay Area. You're a nobody. Yeah, you're rich. You're driving your Tesla. You're living in, you know, over here by me and all you tech people and your Teslas that make me want to throw up. But, yeah, you're not working for that, you know, whoever. You're working for in New York, that financial institute. You're a nobody there. You're rich, but you're a nobody. You know where you're not a nobody as a super smart guy? Being a GM in Major League Baseball. That's one of 30 jobs. Or being assistant general manager trying to be a GM. This was the sport that allowed these guys, and now it's it's infiltrated into the NBA. It's in, it's in, it's in football. But this is where the smart guys can now go and become somebody. They could become somebody. Now people know their names. Take all of these guys and their fancy degrees. If they didn't work in baseball, they didn't work in the NBA, they didn't work in the NFL, you wouldn't know who they are and you wouldn't care. Who would they be? Jeffrey Lunau never gets into baseball. What's the uh, firm he worked for? McKinsey. McKinsey. He'd just be some random dude that works at a uh, consulting firm. Who he also brought in to evaluate the organization. That was a big part. That was a big part of this uh, when the stall was all coming out. G- give me one of the g- give me one of these Ivy League guys that's in baseball. Uh, let's go with Eric Neander from the Rays. I think he's in. Let me make. Hold on. Don't want to. I'm pretty sure. Friedman in L.A. Friedman in L.A. is working for somebody in New York, a financial firm. Would you know who Andrew Friedman is? Uh, sorry, Eric Neander went to Virginia Tech. Um, okay, bad great example. school. Not Ivy League. The Hokies. They're better in football than they are. Our good friend Heim Bloom in Boston. Heim Bloom. Heim Bloom went to Yale. If Heim Bloom's not running the Red Sox, didn't work for the Rays, who the hell is Heim Bloom? Random guy working for some random financial whatever. I don't know what he graduated with, but whatever. Maybe he's an engineer. May I, I, who knows? Uh, no, he graduated with a degree in classics. What the hell does that mean? Um, <clears throat> Classic gra- what? Degree in classics, and then parentheses, Latin. He's <laughs> a professor. He'd be like a professor. Yeah, or he'd be like a curator in a museum or something, most likely. Uh, any, any and one? this is the problem. When they say the nerds took over the sport, well, look what happens. Look how dysfunctional it gets. It, I mean, baseball, if you think this is just the Astros, that's why I like to point out the A's. We just, win a, we just were an award winner of one of the best places to work in baseball, in, in sports, because of everything that goes on, as Evan just said, under the hood. A lot of these places, no. Being run by the smart guys, it's a lot of dysfunction and a lot of craziness and a lot of stories that we hear. A.J. Preller went to Cornell. There you go. (laughs) And we hear A.J. Preller is crazy. So, I can't wait to read this book. Groundbreaking research, breaking stories. And listen to what he said. The Astros literally went to the Houston Chronicle to get him removed happened to me have i ever told you that story Mm, you've told me a lot of stories i don't know about this one early in my career i reported something that a team didn't like and they called my boss to to try and get me removed they were not on 
What do you call east of the San Francisco Bay? East of the, the East Bay? Okay. Wasn't an East Bay team that did this. What do you call the South of the Bay? The South Bay? Wasn't a South Bay team. It was a team on the west side of the bay who did this. Try to have me removed. What was the story? Will you tell the story? No. But I've had it happen to me. I mean, that's low brow. But that's what's happening. And that's what's going on. It's crazy. Where you literally have teams who will essentially, and there's one team in the Bay Area that's done this more than anybody. They'll basically slit your throat. They don't care. They will damage and ruin lives. Seen it. Seen it. I'll never work for him. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> I can tell you when I show up around this place, I'm looked at. The, I'm like the devil around that place. But yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. And this is just a great example of just how dysfunctional, how crazy, and how embarrassing this was for baseball. And then baseball is kind of like, this is why baseball had to cover it up because this was going all over. This was going on all over the place. You want this being out there? That that you have teams that treat everybody. We've we've heard that they treat everybody like garbage. The Astros. They fired most of their scouts and decided they just hired someone to run the just camera. Just the scouts. Just people on the inside that work every day who go to the building every day and do jobs. What what, what was the big thing when we first We ran up? into this at the winter meetings. One of our friends was having an issue. We couldn't believe it with the Astros. We just dealt with this at the winter meetings, the Astros being chicken bleep with somebody that we know, and we couldn't believe it. We literally couldn't believe it. We're like, are you serious? That just happened. That was in December of this year. I'm telling you right now, Dusty Baker is a beard, and this new GM, Dana Brown, is a beard. What does a beard mean? It means I'm growing the beard because I don't want you to see the actual face. Well, That's said. what they are. Well, remember They're beards. When this all first came out, what, what did Jeffrey Luno refer to his employees as? Something you call me. You're a lower-level employee. But I refer to myself also. Yeah, we we, we joke about it, where he actually literally called his employees lower-level employees. Can you imagine that if your boss called you a lower-level employee? In public! In public! That's like saying, you know, that's like the other one is, uh, that's above your pay grade. Oh, my God. It's essentially the same thing. Can you imagine being it. in these meetings with this, this guy? That's why when everybody, you try and give Lunau credit for stuff, I go, he had nothing to do with any of that. He was such a top man. He, he. He, he's a consultant. Consultants don't do. He works for a soccer team, though, if I'm not mistaken. I'll tell you right now, Lunau is not a guy that was hands-on on everything going on. Probably not. He it's- set the system up, but he's a consultant. I could be wrong, but knowing people that are consultants, consultants are consultants like to tell you how to do it and then let everybody else do it. And you know what? He basically proved that by saying all the emails that was sent to him, I didn't read them. Remember that? That was yeah. his defense. But 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 that goes hand in and, and everybody. So Jeffrey Luna, who was was the who who was the GM who was fired, very bright man. His defense, because basically they said, hey, they sent you the emails explaining the cheating scandal. They were long in depth emails, and he goes, yeah, I really didn't read them. 
And everybody went, oh, that's BS. Da, da, da. But if you know what a consultant does, if you know what consultants are like, if you've ever had consultants in your business, you know. That's exactly what a consultant would do. Like, I'm not reading this long email. Why do I care? He wouldn't even get to the third paragraph. I buy it. Knowing what consultants in multiple industries I've been in, consultants are the devil's in the detail. Consultants don't want to get into the total detail. They want to get paid a lot of money. They want to give you their opinion, set up the shell of how it works, and you let everybody else take care of it. So, I know I don't think Jeffrey Lunau knew exactly, yeah, there's a camera out there. They're banging trash cans. That's great. We're winning. Was he, like, in-depth on how it's set up and how everything's going and how we're going to do this? And he already told you, nah, I didn't read those emails. I don't really, really read my emails. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I – He could be lying, but if you know consultants, I kind of believe him. I, I, I Well, first of all, I would have never known this when I, when I used to text him to come on when we worked at the old station. When I booked him a few times, he was always a nice guy through text. Never would have thought he was this crude guy that just didn't care about anybody and running running the front office. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he clearly said he didn't read anything. So, yeah, they could have, they could have detailed the entire operation. He was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it. There was like six, there were six paragraphs. I only read two. Well, supposedly the emails they were sending him are kind of like reading an athletic article. Yeah. Like they were sending him long emails. They could be, I mean, you know. There was a code, there was a code word for how they, what they used when they used the, um, for in the email, they, the, what they would call it when they were talking about the sign stealing, there was like a code word they all use in email. I'll see if I can find it. Well, can you imagine? I mean, let's face it. Does anybody like reading long emails? Code breaker. Does anybody like reading? I mean, I mean, seriously, I can look. I, I have my A's email up right now. Also known as dark arts is what they, what is this, Harry Potter? Like, I got an email from our boss today. All right? Here's the link to the new rules changes 2020. It's three sentences, and it's it's a password. So Major League Baseball has put out a video to explain to everybody, hey, dummies, this is how it's going to work. <laughs> right? Great. So that's from my boss. Ken Korak, Vince Catronio, Dallas Braden, Glenn Kuyper, Johnny Dasko, uh, you are all on this thing. All right? I got a thing about our, our we're going to spring training. I got an email about our cameras. Yeah, I, I got this. I responded. It's I took literally care. one sentence. See? Okay? I'm going through my email. This is Oakland A's business. It's official business from the Oakland. Up oh, meeting rooms. It's two sentences about our meeting rooms at the A's office. Thank you, Lupita. I will not be there. Can you imagine getting something that's eight pages long from one of the – because you got to think, it's these geeky guys who think they're so smart, and they're writing out this long, detailed – this is what we're doing. And you get that in your Lunau on your on – your, then probably would have been a BlackBerry. And all it says is dark arts. So can you imagine being at the game or you're dealing with your kids' stuff and you're going through all this stuff and all of a sudden you get an email that's eight pages long and you're on your phone? Are you re- are, Anybody you really reading an email that's eight pages long on your phone? Uh, no. No. So I actually buy that Lou now is like, no, nah, I'm not dealing with this. But fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. 
Let's promote the book once again. I'm going to start reading it tonight. Winning Fixes Everything, How Baseball's Brightest Minds Created Sports' Biggest Mess. I mean, this thing is crazy. I mean, wins piled up. So did the cash for the billionaire owner with a checkered business pass. Remember, Jim Crane has a, and I got a connection at a crane. It's all, lots true. You can research it. He's got a checkered business pass, but here it is. But even a World Series title, but not even a World Series title could cover up the rot. 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 Order the book. I'm going to start reading it. We'll talk about it next week down at spring training because once you you start reading it, I think I'm going to be hooked on this. And it kind of... It kind of goes into what's been happening in baseball. Probably could say what's been happening in sports. And it's not what they want you to know. Because you know what? This doesn't say, hey, buy your merchandise today. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Right? Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. I mean, literally, confetti's flying. They haven't even handed the Lombardi trophy out yet. They haven't even handed it out. They haven't handed out a trophy The teams have come together. Oh, my God, the Kelsey brothers are hugging. The coaches. uh, First commercial break. What is it? Buy your official Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl merchandise. Right? World Series. What happened in the World Series? The Astros won. Buy your Astros World Series. That's the first commercial. That's in the first commercial. Everything's great. Everything's happy. Everything's warm and fuzzy. Buy your merch. That's what they want you to think. Isn't this great? Dusty Baker. This is why I, this is why I got mad at Dave Stewart. I got mad at Dave Stewart, by the way, live on television. See, that's what you do with Stu. You get mad at him and tell him he's wrong live on television. You know why? Because can't do anything. Can't do anything about it. Did you ever see that? I don't think so. When he went on that he wants the Astros to win the World Series and because of Dusty Baker, I was like, are you – I did it live on TV. Are you – on NBC Sports California, I went, are you kidding me? No, I don't want him to win. I started going off. I don't care if he's from Sacramento. Dusty's had a great life. I don't care. I don't want the Astros. And Dave's just looking at me with that stare. Well, he couldn't punch me because we're live on TV. He's a black belt. Um, Love Dave Stewart. It's such an honor to work with Dave Stewart and do the TV, but it's the only time I was like, I went totally against him. Totally against him. What? Oh, we bring Dusty in, it's okay? Now we bring Dana Brown in, and everybody likes Dana Brown? Super talent evaluators, Buster only calls them. Okay, let me ask you a question. If Dana Brown is so important, and I'm happy for him, he's a lifelong guy in baseball, longtime scout, Toronto, Atlanta. He was in my. I mean, he's one of these old school guys. He was in Montreal. Yeah, you're a, you're a new schooler. All you know is Atlanta. He was in Montreal. I mean, he goes way back being in the game. And I think he look how old he is. He's probably around my age. Uh, I think he's in his he's uh, like mid fifties. He actually gave Anthopolis his first job. Fifty five. He's fifty five. So he's been in this game a long time. But let me tell you something. You want to know how important Dana Brown is? No offense to Dana Brown. If he was so important, 
Why are you hiring him right before spring training when all the decisions have been made? All the decisions have been made. You're now bringing this guy in. You brought Dusty in. Why? Because Dusty Baker's the greatest manager ever? You brought Dusty Baker in because Dusty Baker is someone everybody loves because he's a great human being. Dusty is the nicest guy. I mean, he's great. I Great example. Um, where the hell was I? Uh, I was at that steakhouse in San... I'm at with Ray, Karate Ray, the Karate Kid. We're at the... Um, God, I'll think of the steakhouse. Right by Petco Park uh, at the winter meetings in San Diego. And we're having dinner. And Dusty walks by and a bunch of fans are like, Hey, Dusty. They weren't even Astro fans. Dusty stops, takes pictures, signs autographs. What the hell is it? Did Ray ask for an autograph too? No. <laughs> it's right by Petco Park. It's a great, it's a great steakhouse. And it's uh, Lou, Lou and Mickey's. If you're ever... In San Diego, and they're good product. If you're ever in San Diego, the San Diego Chicken Pie Shop. <laughs> but if you're not going to go to the San Diego Chicken Pie Shop, the second oldest restaurant in San Diego, go to Lou and Mickey's right by the ballpark. Great. And so Dusty walks by. It's got the outdoor, you know, and he's signing on it. Dusty's a great guy. Dusty Baker came over to our set at the winter meetings and talked with myself and Bob Melvin. We had a little chat with Dusty. And, of course, Dusty did the legendary interview with Ray Fossey. Uh, the three of us did that interview, and we cherished that when Dusty came on and with Ray Fossey. Dusty is a wonderful human being. But you didn't hire him because of that, because of managing. You hired him because he could be the buffer. Everything was so bad, hire Dusty. Put Dusty out front, and all the people, with the, all the people coming with their swords, knives, and pitchforks Back up because it's Dusty Baker. Because remember, everybody was coming for the Astros, right? The town was coming for you. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. And everybody's got something sharp in their hand, like an old school movie. And then you put Dusty out there, and everybody goes, this is Dana Brown. No, oh, Dana's uh, this is so great. This is so- Well, if he's so great, why would you wait till right before the season? What the hell's he going to do? Everybody's been signed. Everybody's been drafted. Everybody's been placed. The next thing he's got to do is what? Get ready for the trade deadline and the draft? He did resign a play, gave a player an extension. He resigned Christian Javier. Did he? I mean, it was after he got after he got did hired. Did he? Did he? I mean, he was there. You don't know that. He, he might have been moving at the time, the negotiations. He, he talked about how he wanted to resign their own players, and then that happened. Did he? That You think he showed up? What was the what was the time frame of him showing up in the signing? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Dana, you're Brown. trying to tell me the agent had been working with Crane on that before. Uh, Dana Brown was hired January 27th. Okay. Hired. So he shows up, signs the contract. Where's this? Uh, a week ago, Christian Javier signed the extension. So that would have been what's today. Today's the 17th, so te- Jen, February 10th. So he was there probably for about two weeks. 13 days, which means I listened to the same interview you did, and I don't know why we're going off on this. We'll get off of it. <laughs> he flies to Houston. He didn't have a deal. You want to know how scandalous this is? You want Okay, let's break this down. You want to know how important Dana Brown is? He flew to Houston without a deal. 
And Alex Anthopoulos, the general manager of the Braves, says to him, because Dana Brown works for him, Dana Brown's from the Braves right now. He's under contract with the Braves. He contacts his boss, Alex Anthopoulos, saying, I'm going to take this job, and I'm flying to Houston. And Alex Anthopoulos, you listened to the same interview I did, he didn't have a deal. He said, I'm confident enough I will work it out. Basically saying, I don't care what they offer me, I'm going to take this job. So the Astros, this all-important new GM, if he means so much, you said, come to town, we'll work something out. Is that how it goes normally? No. No. So they fly him out, they work out a deal, and then you're telling me he's now signing players? This guy is a placeholder. It's what he is. Now, will he be a part of the draft? Yes. Will he be a part of everything? Yeah. I, but as of right now, he, him showing up and becoming the GM is very, let's be honest, it's about the front of the business, not, as Evan Drellich said, the stuff that's under the hood. The under the hood stuff's still going. And it was going on as Dusty Baker's the manager. Hey, who signed Justin Verlander in Italy? Was it, was it Dusty Baker? It wasn't James Click. Under the hood, what was going on? It was Jim Crane. Hey, you're there with your model wife hanging out with your, your new baby? Yeah, we want to sign it. It was under the hood. Jim Crane was doing it. Not the GM. Manager had nothing. Nobody had anything to do with it. Because under the hood, everything you're going to read in this book is still going on. And we know it for a fact. So you can bring in Dana Brown. Oh, it's such a great hire. You know what the reality is? He's a placeholder, title holder, whatever you want to call it. No offense to him. But you offended him. <laughs> well, I just I look at you and you defend everything about the Astros. Like, oh, it's ridiculous. Um, you know what also is ridiculous? I want to get this off my chest. This happened last year, and I don't know why they do it. We now have these opt-outs and contracts. Oh, I did not think you were going this way. I thought you were going somewhere else. Where did you think I was going? Oh, there's a pitcher in Milwaukee that's unhappy. Oh, my God. That's another thing. <laughs> Corbin Burns just got. We'll stick with Machado, then we can get there. Okay, yeah. Because I have audio from both if you want to hear Machado. This is, I mean, if you want to know why you should never go to arbitration, I mean, this is just awful. Awful. It's like the worst idea ever. Um, and you know what? It's what. Actually, you know what? This ties in more to to what we've been talking about. Let's go to Corbin Burns. This ties into what this book is and why you need to read the book so you have an idea. So it talks about how baseball teams could so dramatically descend into corruption with never-before details of a broken management culture, Right? We talked about that. And then where was the part about... It all came at a cost to fans, employees, and the sport on a whole. But as winning fixes everything makes clear, the Astros' way isn't going anywhere. Okay? The Astros' way 
where it's about corporation squeezing every dollar. Here's another thing. Astros set out to build a cost-efficient winning machine on the principles of the outside business world, squeezing every dollar out of every transaction player and employee. Bang! Okay? You get that? Mm -hmm. But this book's going to tell you the Astros way isn't going anywhere. So, Corbin Burns is your stud pitcher. You love him. He's one of the best in the game. Cy Young Award winner. St. Mary's kid. Right? He's one of the best in the game. You can't come to an agreement with him, so you're going to go to arbitration with him. And what do you do in arbitration? Well, you've got to talk down about him. you got to say why he doesn't deserve the money he wants and why he does, why he should get the money you want. You put in a number, his team puts in a number. And then you got to go defend your number. Well, the, the Brewers won. Did they really? Play the audio from Arizona. Where do they? They're in Arizona. I don't know where, though. I've never been to the Brewers. Uh, I'd have to look to see where they're at. But here's your, here's your stud pitcher on how this process went. At the hearing, flew in the night before. Um, had the hearing all day, Tuesday. Um, spent Valentine's Day on a plane, um, got home at you know, 10, 11 o'clock and, and got to see my wife before she fell asleep. So that was kind of how the Valentine's Day went. So that was, that was fun. But um, yeah, like I say, you, you kind of find out your true value. Um, you think you, you, you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the, with the big league team. And um, you get in there and basically they, they value you much different than what you thought you'd, you contributed to the organization. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, Obviously, it's tough to hear, it's tough to take, but you know they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, but I think there was obviously other ways that they, they could have gone about it, um, and um, probably been a little more respectful with the, with the way they went about it. But um, you know, it, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, you know, they they obviously they won it, um, but it, it, when it came down to to winning or losing the hearing, it was it was more than that for me. Corbin, this is everyone's fear for a player, especially a star player, going to a hearing that it creates to some maybe. Not bad blood, but just some hard feelings that weren't there before. Um, how, how do you guys repair that? Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from um, you know what what perspired over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, there's there, there's really no way of getting around that. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job, and I'm going to keep giving what I can every fi- every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that. Um, you know, for instance, basically, basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. That, I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. You know, we can go go about a hearing without having to do that. Um, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously, they, you know, they, there was no attacking of, of character, of, you know, person of who I was, but um, just the just the some of the stuff that was said that you know definitely didn't need to be um, said is, is is something that you know I think kind of disappointed everyone. It's bad business. That is really, really bad business. And you think you win, right? But this is this is what sometimes really smart people are not good at personal skills, how to deal with people. 
So you got a bunch of number crunchers that go in, we're going to beat them in arbitration. And we're going to go in there, and we got our number. See, you're the reason why we didn't make the playoffs. And you're the, and then you win it, and then you go back, and you go, see, we won it. Do you, you hear your star player? By the way, he's out of there the minute he can get out. And by the way, he's buddies with everybody in the league. And you know what they say? I got to get out. And then you got guys like Christian Yelich who made the commitment long-term to the franchise. They feel like idiots. There's a reason why the A's never go to arbitration. Never want to get into that. Never, 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 never. It's bad business. Look at the bad taste. But yet... You put your number crunchers in there, and they're so smart, and we're going to tell you every little every little analytic of why you stink. Or or let's just say why you – what went the guy had a sub-3 ERA last year, right? It was 12 and 8 with a 294 ERA and 33 starts. Guy, 33 starts, how many innings? 202. Oh, my God. Two, three, 30 starts, 200 innings, and an ERA under 3, and you're going to bag on this guy? Pay the man. Because he, he was bad, you know, because uh, he, he was the reason why they get the playoffs. He went – Three and two with a three thirty ERA in seven starts from September to October, but yeah, he's the reason why they didn't make it. Once again, what did the Astros do? The Astros played corporate America. We don't care about our employees. We're going to squeeze every dollar out of everything, and we don't care. Well, are the Brewers doing the same thing? And oh, by the way, the Brewers are a team that's accused of cheating. Also, guess who? who the Brewers are basically like the Astros. Who who uh, who used to run the Astros or run the Brewers? Oh, he just stepped down. Yeah, David Stearns. Where, where was he at before he came to Milwaukee? Houston. He was assistant GM under Jeffrey Luno. Then became the president of baseball ops of the Brewers, and he stepped down. So these. Where did he his... go to school? Well, good question. He's from New York. I know that. Where of... did he go to school? David Stearns went to Harvard. There you go. <laughs> there you go. The Ivy League nerds are ruining the game. But you don't have to be an Ivy League guy. Once You could be Stanford, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, whatever. They're ruining the game. They're ruining the personal connections in the game. They're really, I mean, they're really, it's like, oh, they're smart. Yeah, you're evil, too. Like, congratulations. You're an ass. And you say, you didn't save, and by the way, you didn't save you money. Remember that. I, I've had this conversation with so many different people. When when Cody, last year at spring training, is bitching about the price of the rent-a-car, who has to remind him, you're not paying for it? True. I was trying to save the company money. You're not. You're, I'm a company man. You're not. You, you are not paying for it. You, in arbitration, go in and... And piss off your star player, the money you save doesn't go to your doesn't go to you. It's not, it's not come out of Matt Arnold's bank account. He's a GM now. Yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, hey, I'm getting an extra hundred grand here for winning this. No, you're not. You're still getting paid the same. Now the owner and and you think the let me ask you, do you what think is, the, what is the owner's Mark Anastasio? I think his name is. Do you think the owner? How, what was the difference in the money? It was like I think he wanted ten point seven five or something, and, and the Brewers offered ten point one. So you're looking at like seven hundred thousand dollars. We went through all of this for seven hundred grand. Yeah. Does that just tell you how dumb these guys in front offices are about what's happening and personal connections and how to deal with people and how to deal with employees? They don't know how to manage people. 
They don't. They're just not. They're not. They're not people. They're not not, not people persons. <laughs> it's like they're not. Am I saying that right? People? They're not people. They're not um, people. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it right. Let me figure they're it out. They're not people. People. Their personal connections and their personal relationships and how they de- how they are as employees is very poor. It's very poor. And it's and it, and it and it, it people lit- persons. People persons. Yeah. There, it's 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 terrible. It's terrible. You really are going to fight and make your star pitcher pissed for seven hundred grand, and you're walking away going, "We won, we won." These are the people who are running our game. What would happen if they? God. What would happen if they would have made the playoffs last year? So they won a series, and they get to the NLDS. No, you know what? Yeah, and we'll say NLDS, and they still go. Well, you're the reason why we didn't get to the NLCS. And then, I mean, come on. If you're going to tell him he's the reason, you're going to talk about. If I own the team, if someone like that worked for me, I'd fire him. I, I literally would be as an owner. And trust me, I have fired people. <laughs> I have fired people. Uh, I, I, I've i been a part of some firings. I've been fired. But, I mean, as a business, as a small business owner, I've fired people before. I have flown down and fired people. I, I, I would I, – as an owner, I would be like, you really could not come to an agreement with this guy, and we fought him for seven hundred thousand dollars. Seven hundred thousand dollars. Be one thing if it was the. I mean, I don't know what the biggest margin has ever been between team and player. They're usually it's usually a couple million bucks, right? You you, you fought him for seven hundred grand. Yeah, it does. How about this? How about get pissed at your star player you're paying millions of dollars to who hit 220 with three home runs in the last 29 game or last 30 games of the year when you're trying to make the playoffs? Why aren't you getting back? Are you taking the money back from him? Because usually you're paying Corbin Burns, the guy's actually very good. He hasn't fallen off a cliff like Yelich has. I, I, I just, it's crazy to me. It literally is crazy to me. You know, but it doesn't shock you. Look how the Raiders just treated Derek Carr. Visiting with the Jets today, by the way. I mean, just, it's just, these teams are just can be clueless. I mean, connections are a big thing, and it's it's really hard to believe. Do we have our man? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's never been treated like that. When you're a star like him, you don't get treated like that. I can well, tell you that. Let's get his open. All right. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Your colleague, Evan Drellich, was just on the program. He's knocked it out of the park with his investigation, his investigations over the years, and now his new book, Winning Fixes Everything. And it just talks about how... The business world is now in the baseball world. And I just, the fact that we just played Corbin Burns, the fact that Corbin Burns went to arbitration and they went after him, and we're talking $700,000. Too many of these smart guys 
are not really smart at handling people, you know? Yeah. And uh, what's weird for me is that uh, I think that, um, uh, that Stearns, uh, the guy in, in Milwaukee actually has a little bit more um, feel than the average guy. You know what I mean? Like I thought he was better than Lunau. Lunau is uh, just completely uh, business school, McKinsey. You know, they brought in McKinsey to tell them who to fire in Houston. A, and they, heartless, they went down. a heartless consultant is who oh, Lunau dude, is. All the way, they stripped it down the bones. They they weren't paying well. They, they fired people. They let people go, you know. And um, I think that some of what happened between James Click and the new owner uh, was that James Click had a little bit more heart, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, and and Crane, Jim Crane, was like, no, 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 we need uh, we need someone more heartless in here. So um, it's definitely something that I look for. I mean, uh, you know, over the years, I've come closer and closer to taking a job in baseball. And one of the things that I think about when I take when I evaluate a team is. Uh, what does leadership look like? What does ownership look like? How much heart do they have? How much do they care about people? Um, and that's actually uh, near the top of my list, uh, almost more so than you might expect me to ask, how much do you guys use the numbers? And do you guys use Stuff Plus and stuff like that? That's not that's not where I start. Yeah, because you could be out of a job really fast. I mean, <laughs> I mean, with some of these organizations, your stuff plus ain't working right away. You could be gone. If you were to leave the athletic and work in Major League Baseball, how much would you say I wouldn't be on A's Cast Live once a week? Field work brewing. How could you how could you leave field work brewing and A's Cast Live? They'd have to give you a pretty you could use us as leverage. No, I usually I, I, I really enjoy uh, writing. I really enjoy podcasting. I really enjoy going on a show. So like that would be something that I would lose. But one thing that is kind of cool about working for a team that I get is um, being on a team, like like being physically with a, a group of people working towards a, a single goal. Um, that's not something you get as a writer <laughs> so much. I mean, yes, the athletic is a team, um, but it's not the same as being like, oh, we're trying to get a ring here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love the metrics that, and I always think of Carrie Underwood's song, Jesus Take the Wheel. My wife's big into country, right? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and Carrie. Where is this going? <laughs> all right, you're going to like this. I, there's method to my madness here. So in her song, like, like it's rainy, it's nighttime, and she just, Jesus take the wheel, and, and, and I'm okay, and, and help me, right? <laughs> Don't don't crash and die. Well, that's always that's what I think about when these come out with pitching metrics where the pitcher delivers the baseball and it's Jesus take the wheel. I have no control anymore. It's left my hand. It's left my hand. Just take care of it, God, please. Now, now the pitcher can now a pitcher the ball leaves his hand and it goes right down the middle and it screams hit me, but according to this analytic he didn't hit his spot, but it doesn't matter. Once it leaves his hand, he's got no control. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was the big advancement in in analytics was that uh, we've just found the thing was batting average on balls in play. We just found that across the league, year to year, the batting average on balls in play was near 300, and pitchers didn't have that much control over their BABIP. 
And so a guy would have a good year, he'd have a 200 BABIP. And then the next year, he'd have a meh year and he'd have a 300 BABIP. So, you know, what we started to do was evaluate pitchers just on, this might sound familiar, strikeouts and walks, basically. Oh. <laughs> well, hey, I'm great with strikeouts. It's the walks that are great. <laughs> was, that, was that your deal? Me? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I was a zoo. Me, me, me as a pitcher, yeah, because because I grew, I started coming up in the era where now it's try and throw as hard as you can and strike everybody out. So if you go back, I struck guys. I I I average over a strikeout per inning, but I walked, nice. but I walked a ton of guys, so it was yeah. useless. I mean, you're giving free ninety feet. It's just it's just you know it's bad. And so walking and people so, is evil. The the thing that's interesting to me is like we 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 had a. Um, we, we found out, we like did the numbers and we we're like, oh, bunts are bad. You know, bunts are bad. You know, we looked at the numbers and your run expectancy with a guy on first is better with no outs than with a guy on second with one out. So bunts are bad. Um, and then we we're like, oh, but wait a second. Your chance of scoring one run goes up a little bit. And so if it's like the ninth inning and you want to score one run, maybe you should bunt the guy over. So oh, maybe bunts are okay in certain situations. <laughs> and then now we have tracking, right? Player tracking, right? And so we can say where the third baseman is standing, right? And now we can say, oh, wait a second. If you actually try a couple bunts, that first, that third baseman like starts to walk closer to the plate. Oh, and now you can hit a ball over his head that you couldn't before. Or down Wait the line or the 5.5 hole because he doesn't have as much range if he's in closer. And then we started to have the shift and we had all these people over that side, nobody over that side. Oh, wait a second. Maybe bunts are good. You know, so yeah. it's like there's so many times when we like come up and the way that I say it, it whenever I work, I work with researchers. I, I, I work. I, I try to stay on top of the, the best new research. And I'm always like talking to the guys who work in analytics departments, stuff like that. And my feeling is if someone comes to me and says to some, something, something to me that is completely different than what has come before, the bar for them to make me believe is not just like, look at these numbers. It's like, this is the best research. We've tried it three different ways. We've looked at it this way. We accounted for that. We accounted for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need to, like, really prove because it. Because there, there is accumulated knowledge in a sport. Like, you know, people people have figured out ways to play the game. And you can't just be like, no, no, I'm sorry. You know, like, you know, like Leo, you know, Leo Mazzoni, that dude couldn't be right. No way he knows anything. Leo Mazzoni, psh, you know? And I've at times I've been like, Oh, established loan away like Leo Mazzoni. That's so old school. Well, guess what? Like loan away is still a spot that like people don't really hit homers in. You know, <laughs> like it's still still a pretty good spot. Like it, you know, it's nice. We we do pitch high now. We didn't do that as much during Leo Mazzoni's age, so we have changed a little bit. But Leo Mazzoni had something to tell us, you know, and like we learned from him. So, in my newest research uh, that I've got coming out Monday. Um, I've taken these stuff numbers, right? Uh, that you've heard me talk about here, stuff and location plus, they just look at stuff looks like the physical shapes of pitches below and, and, and release point and stuff and location looks at, uh, just where they are at the plate. Now we're using those stats in a projection system. And what we found is yes, stuff plus helps us project strikeout rate better. That's not surprising. You know, it's like, Oh, this guy throws really hard and has a lot of ride. Yeah. He's going to have a good strikeout rate next year. So that wasn't surprising. Location plus told us a little bit about walk rate. Okay, that's good. 
what we, we found was they both told us a little bit about batting average on balls in play. And we did a better job at projecting batting average on balls in play using stuff and location. And so basically what we're saying is that's a win for Eno Saris, baby. And also it says it's a win for old school in a way, which is no, if you can locate pitches and you have great stuff, you can actually uh, suppress homers and you can actually suppress hits. And, you know, it isn't like a huge effect, but it's there. And I think it's largely due to command. I think that pitchers with good command can actually hit their spots and, Think about the game now and where we've gone. We've gone. We said, no, no, no. Nobody can control the ball and play. Command doesn't matter. Stuff, 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 stuff. Velo, strikeouts, blah, 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 you know? And the command artist has been really like someone, Tyler Anderson. The Dodgers find him for one year and six million. You know what I mean? Like command artists. And, you know, uh, I think that some teams have been like, oh, there are there's some value to buying these. Ross Stripling to the Giants. That was like a command play, right? That guy doesn't throw 99, but he has five pitches and can command them. So, you know, some teams are realizing that command is is something uh, useful, but our model suggests that uh, we can now use it to project better. Well, and, all, uh, I mean, just a way to look at it is that when you have command and you have multiple pitches, we know what the hitter's weaknesses are. And each hitter's different. Each hitter has a different weakness. And if I have an arsenal that can constantly get after that hitter's weakness and I can use my location and changing speeds and velo to do all that, I got a better chance to get him out. So instead of this, I just – the ball comes out of my hands and Jesus take the wheel, (laughs) I'm actually – I'm able to go after a hitter and his weaknesses because I command the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the sort of asterisk that I have on that is just that like uh, command is not a sticky year to year. So um, it's not always easy to bet on some guys. Like if you look at Tyler Anderson's career, he's been up and down, you know what I mean? Like he's had better years. He's had worse years. Um, I think that it's because command, I think if you like, if you've got a bad hamstring, right, you might be able to go out there and still hit your velo and you might be able to shape your pitches like normal, but you might not hit your spots. Like if your back is hurting a little bit, you might not hit your spots, but you might still be out there. So that's why I think command is a little bit more finicky, but it's there. It's real. It's meaningful. And it has something to do with outcomes. So yeah, you mentioned uh, bad hammies. To release that. Bad hammies are starting to knock a bunch of guys out of the WBC already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think about this too, with the Olympics and the world cup and stuff where it's like I, the world cup has the most draw, right? Where you're like, I'm going to play hard my country and i care you know and i'm gonna um but the olympics like when we had soccer and baseball in the olympics i think people were like uh no you know i don't know the elbow's barking a little like especially pitchers right like you don't want to like imagine blowing your arm out you know in, yeah. in the, at the wbc see there's already like a little bit of like imagine blowing your arm at the wc trying to pitch for your country but it doesn't it's ridiculous i don't think I don't think it's at that level. You know, people yeah. are like, it's fun if I'm healthy and everything's fine and I'll, and I'll throw 85% and, you know, we'll have a good time. Uh, may, I don't know if you're like me. You're probably not because I remember after the World Series, you were going to the Fall League. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget that. Like, you're leaving the World Series to go to watch. But for me, like, I like the seasons, right? I like my football season. I love the NFL. Mm-hmm. I love college football. Uh, March to me is when I get into college basketball. I like watching college basketball. Uh, And then all of a sudden now you're like trying to force me to watch this 
kind of made up. We're fighting for our country's World Baseball Classic. I'm just not into it. And another reason why I'm not into it, Eno, I've got six and a half to seven months of baseball ready to watch ahead of me. Right? <laughs> it's a long, I, it's a long distance. I'm sport. at the Coliseum every night in the cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't need more baseball. I got enough baseball in my life. I love what well, you know, I love watching the tournament. It's one and done. These kids are playing for their schools. It means so much. Ninety nine percent of them are not going to the NBA. I just I love college basketball in March. I don't need more baseball. Yeah. Uh, on the just the flip side, I was reading about uh, the beginning of the World Cup, and it's not that old, you know. And there was a cup in England that they had, and so England wasn't involved in the first couple of World Cups because they thought their World Cup was better. <laughs> uh, and eventually, they're like, "Fine, we'll we'll do your World Cup." And uh, there is a chance that we do this long enough that it, it sort of has more gravitas, and and then you got the sort of um, like global All Star Game. Because if you do look at the Dominican Republic team, you're like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is a really good team. But how do and we so, do that? How do, but, but it just seems like the way our schedule works, this is never really going to work. Because you already play a season that's too long. We only have and then they have to be ramped up early, right? We only have twelve months, right? In a, in a year, you're already playing basically what seven months like, of those years. What right? if we took a little bit longer All Star break and didn't have an All Star game one year, and this was the All Star game? I don't know. Like, there's, it is. You're right. It's weird, and that's why you know that's why guys are out. Mister Cortez, oh, Hammy, I'm out. Um, and that's why it's uh, it's a little disappointing to like be like, yay, America. Kyle Freeland is on the mound. <laughs> That's our best. Yeah. Our oh, best. yeah. I started looking through some of the names. I'm like, if we're going Lance Lynn's our, our ace, like, that's that. What, what what are we doing here? Yeah. I mean, it would be really nice to have just the very best and have, like, Cole out there and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, like, DeGrom uh, didn't want to throw in his first, his first thing. And if you've just put, uh, you know, $200 million down on, on DeGrom's elbow, like you're like, no, no, nope, nope, nope. He's not yeah. coming. <laughs> what, 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 let's do two of those. Uh, first, let's start with Strasburg. Uh, it is really, really sad. I, I, are we, are we looking at a guy that, you know, was the phenom coming out of San Diego state was so huge in their world series run. I mean, is his career basically done? You know, thoracic outlet is really bad. I think we've only had a few really successful returns from that. Um, Carpenter, uh, I think it was David Carpenter that uh, was a Cardinals pitcher. Chris Carpenter. Uh, he came, Chris Carpenter came back from thoracic, but he only had like two, three more seasons after it. Um, and uh, I, I don't really have a lot of other success stories. It's a really, wow. it's a really tough one. I mean, they like remove a rib and, you know, so you're got to relearn how to pitch. I mean, there's like your, your body is different. After you, it, nerves, so. you have loss yeah. of feeling. It's, it's scary. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, there's all sorts of uh, people, you know, wanting to blame. There's, there's a terrible Twitter account that, you know, blames every injury on the inverted W or showing the ball to second base or whatever. I, I'm not going to even tell you the name. Cause I don't want you to go look at it. But, no, uh, I got enough going you know, on. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, so there are people who have said, you know, he was the inverted W guy, the the where people were like, look, it looks like Mark Pryor and Mark Pryor's career was short. And so therefore he's going to be heard. And 
So I'm sure there's some people who are saying, I told you so. But he had a really good career in between. He was really good for when he was good. And um, I would just say that we keep trying to make advancements on how to keep people healthy. But what we're asking them to do is on the very edge of human ability. We're asking pitchers to do something that is on the very edge of their ability. You know, it's not how many, how, what percentage of the population can throw 99? You know, you're talking about a half a percent. Point zero zero zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, how about this? I mean, you want to, you know, it's it's a great example. Um, why do shortstops and third basemen's not have Tommy John surgery on a consistent basis or shoulders? Why surgery? don't quarterbacks in football? Because we're throwing off flat ground. The reason why uh... guys get hurt is when you put a guy on a bump and the way they're coming down lefty or right-handed you're now using gravity and it changes everything if guys if we just had no mound like softball if we had no mound the guys threw off no mound we wouldn't have arm problems well, that's an interesting theory uh, i i i you know it might be interesting to try out because we have a velo problem in baseball and uh it'd be really interesting if we solved the velo and injury problem by removing well you've mound. heard you've heard when guys come back from injury the first thing they do they when start on flat ground. They do flat ground work, and their first bullpens are going to be flat ground. That's so funny. if if we took away the mound, the mound is something that was put out there for baseball well before we had science looking at it, well before we had the data. <laughs> right? If we took the mound away, as you said, we didn't have elbow sensors. <laughs> nobody throws more than quarterbacks and shortstops and third basemen. And, and they say flat ground strengthens your arm. So if we had guys, then now all of a sudden, can I get my 30, 30 35 starts back by starters if we have flat right. ground? My God. Can we get the strikeout rate below 20% again? Hey, uh, Fuji, Fuji threw off the mound. Everybody, Did you see that? Everybody loved it with the A's? Oh, I, I'm excited for him. He, I, you know, the one thing that is different between here and Japan, I think a little bit, is this is a stuff league, and he has stuff. Now, he's wild. And so we're going to have to wait to see what he looks like in a game in terms of putting this stuff in the right location. But it, just the conversation we were having, this is the guy who throws 100 and, yeah. and has a really good splitter. So I'm excited to see him. I think that ballpark will help him with the command a little bit, you know? Uh, you know, it's just a walk or, or, or a double instead of a homer in Oakland, usually. <laughs> um, and so uh, I'm excited to see him. I'm, I'm a little higher than most people on him because he's got he's got a spot in the rotation. You know, Force came out here and said he's one of the top three. Uh, they promised him one. And uh, I, I'm really excited to see what he's I've been watching him for a while because that that splitter has has great movement. He throws like a 90 mile an hour splitter that just drops off the table. It's even better than Frankie's. You can't it's teach better that. Than Frankie's. You can't teach huh? that. You can't teach. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. You can teach yeah. grip. But to have that kind of ability, like when you hear about guys that throw like a, a 92 mile an hour slide or what, when you can make the ball move like that at that kind of velocity, that's God given. And I said this to Cody, I'll, I, and I'll say it to you, or I'll ask you this. You know what the most important thing about Japanese players is? What's that? They put butts in the seats. Hmm. People, he starts throwing the ball. I, I, they well. definitely put butts in the in the press box. I can tell. You. Yeah. Hey, they got people, and they put butts watching on television around the world. Uh huh. That's I mean, true. When guys start playing, you know, when 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 Shohei Otani or Ichiro, you get a guy. If this guy, if Shintaro comes out and deals 
you'll see attendance go way up on days he pitched. He pitched. You know, and another thing that's cool about that is uh, it's my personal theory that there are more players in Japan that could come over that don't. Um, because you're talking about a league that basically profiles as quadruple A, you know? So imagine you had just a quadruple A league that had free agents in it at all times, you know? I'm surprised that more people don't come over. You know, so I'm really excited to watch Shintaro Fujinami. I'm really excited to watch um, the the outfielder for the uh, Red for Sox. The, for the Red Sox, yeah. he's got a hit tool like Stephen Kwan, and people say he's got more power. Um, and I think Seiya Suzuki for the Cubs is going to have a much better year this year. So uh, I think that I think Japan is still underrated as a place to get people. And then Drew Rosinski is coming over from KBO, so like uh, kind of a cool double tap there from getting getting guys out from the East. Do you think it's just it, there, there's there's a pain in getting the players versus like let's just say you could call up the agents for Japanese players and say I want that guy that guy that guy that that guy will we have way yeah. more or is it the posting process and everything that you go through do you think that's the the problem why we don't have because they because like, you're right I've been over there twice I've watched them it's pretty good big league teams go over there and they play the exhibitions and we lose to their teams I know that's you know one game whatever but. They've got players. We've got some bad players in Major League Baseball. We've got players <laughs> that could be over here playing. Is it just I the think, process? I think we could have more. Is it the I, process? It's a complicated thing. It's it's all sorts of things. Like, think about the process it took uh, to get Shohei Otani over. First of all, it was posting. But the posting at some point became irrelevant because they could only offer Shohei what they could offer him, right? There was a yeah. kind of a cap during that old Kind of like us with Fuji, right? Yeah, so there was, there was definitely a cap at some point. And so then the process became... Let's talk to him and convince him that our city is the best. Our, ta- our, 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 our team is the best. And I think for him, it was like, I get to play with Mike Trout in LA. You know, that's, that was the, the, the pitch that got him there. Um, and so, you know, part of it is making the right pitch uh, to the top end players. Uh, but then there's also an immense pride uh, in Japan in their own league. And so there are players that just want to play in their league because they think it's the best league, you know? So then there, then there are others who think I'm a superstar and, and MLB is the league and I want to get over there. So, uh, you know, there's different motivations. They're, they're, they're unique individuals that there's a cultural difference gap there. There's, uh, you know, convincing them that, that your situation is better for them than their situation they have now. The pay is okay there. You know, some of their guys are making millions of dollars, you know, so it's not like you can just come in and uh, get them for, you know, 750K or whatever, you know. So there's uh, there's a lot of things going on, but I do think that that you get more. And I think, you know, we're starting to see more people come out of KBO. We had uh, we had Thames come over, Eric Thames came over and then we had a couple more. Uh, come over and not every one of them has worked out but i think it's i think it's untapped resource to an extent yeah i mean i i i understand part of what you said too about you know hey that's that's where they live you know yeah i've been to japan twice i mean i can't imagine saying to my wife country they got a good league they probably making them you know million or two dollars and i i can't imagine you know i get a call and tell my wife hey uh i'm gonna go do a's cast in japan you ready (laughs) yeah right what (laughs) no this is where all our family is we're staying here Uh, also you mentioned selling otani on being on la in la do you think when otani showed up he went Wait a minute, Disneyland's right this there. This ain't LA. <laughs> this is Orange County. This isn't LA. You guys yeah, I sold if they me. Took him to dinner in LA. Like <laughs> this could be yours. Beverly <laughs> Hills. Wait a minute. This isn't Beverly Hills. 
This isn't Los Angeles. This is this Anaheim. Like a parking lot. What the hell? I'm going to live in the Anaheim Hills? This isn't Beverly Hills. Anaheim Hills and Beverly I mean, Hills are two different places. Yeah, I, I think I think for sure that Otani's gone. Welcome to Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got one foot out, man. I mean, ah. that guy is like a big tech and data guy, and, and, and they're struggling to try and get online quick enough to convince him that they are too, you know? Are they not? Are they uh, and, not a R and D outfit? Yeah, they're 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 a little bit behind on that. They were really behind. They cut their entire player development crew during COVID, you know, and they didn't pay their their minor leaguers. So their minor league is way behind everybody else's. So you cut all your research and for people, it's research and data. You you, yeah. you cut all your research and data, people. You call that, and then your organization stinks, and you wonder why. <laughs> yeah. That's why people when I when I say like you know art like Moreno's a little bit of a problematic owner and they say well no he's opened up his he's paid for players and I'm like yeah he's paid for the players he wants which has turned into Albert Pujols is a pretty bad contract for them and and you know there's a couple other examples but also he doesn't pay for the things he doesn't want to pay for and that's been a lot of minor league development data tech infrastructure that's not sexy what does Arde Moreno want he wants the big free agent and you can see what sort of chasing the big free agent has gotten them. And you know what? As much as we hate the Astros, you want to talk about someone who invested in R&D and tech in the minor yeah. leagues and all their cameras. It's worked. They're letting Verlander go, and they've got a literal guy, Hunter Brown, that you could, looks exactly like Verlander. <laughs> he's just going to step in. I don't think he's going to be exactly Verlander, but, like, you know, he's just going to step in. They're going to be like, whatever. Uh, okay, so next week when we talk to you, we'll be down in Arizona as we're going to leave on Tuesday. So we'll we'll be from the Valley of the Sun next time we speak. But just um, we got to we got to do some scheduling because I'm going to be in Florida on Friday. Unfortunately, we'll so tape we early. Have to do an, we'll tape we'll early. have to tape on Thursday we'll, or something. We'll go on your East Coast schedule. Um, <laughs> what are on the way out here, what are some things that, you know, you're really looking for in spring training you're excited about? Uh, for the A's, I'm, I'm looking to see how much contact Dermis Garcia makes. If he can improve that at all, he can break out. Um, I want to see what uh, Rusinski and, and I want to see Shintaro's, you know, I want to see him pitch. I want to see him. I want to see him pitch against major leaguers and and see what the command looks like in the game. Um, I, I want to see. Uh, I like Connor Capel. Uh, so I want to see yes. some of the. I want to see some of the outfield fits. I want to see who's starting and, and what they're going to, how they're going to sort of allot the playing time, you know? Um, and uh, I'm excited to see who they sort through at the back end of the rotation. I think Ken Waldachuk has to make that rotation, um, but because I'm pretty excited about his future, but they've got 10 arms. So they're really going to be cycling through, you know, six or seven of them to figure out who's, who's going to join the back end of that rotation. So that stuff I'm really excited for. Uh, the rest of the league, you know, I, I want to see um, if the Padres can really take down the Dodgers. So I want to see, I want to see how Soto looks. He had a really bad defensive year last year, and so I want to see if he can. He, you know, he's he's selected left field now, and want to see if he can just sort of concentrate on left field and and be better there. And uh, you know, Manny's already talking about opting out. Uh, yeah. So you know, they barely they barely got the band together, and the van's already talking about where they're going to be next year. So <laughs> I, I I think the Padres are fascinating. Where it's like none of those none of those players other than Tatis came up with the Padres. <laughs> you know, like they they didn't develop any of their guys, and so they're all just like mercenaries in a way. You know, 
So I'm excited to see like, is it going to gel? And they're going to be like, yeah, let's do this. Or are they going to be like, no, my agent says I, I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> it is going to be. You bad. want me to do extra ground ball practice? Sorry, my agent said no. <laughs> it's true. It's a great way to put it. They're all a bunch of mercenaries. Yeah. So, yeah. How does that so work? I want to see, see if they sort of gel and, and, you know, sometimes it takes something stupid like a rally monkey or, a, you know, a, you know, whatever it is, you know, needs some sort of funny thing to happen. Where's my rally monkey? What happened to the rally monkey? <laughs> you, well, I, I, you bet your ass. I got one. I got a oh, rally monkey. Go. Nice. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I got, I got one. I got something for everybody. Squirrel. I have the, uh, I have the snow globe that used to be Safeco. We represent everybody here in the AL West. Oh, nice. I got, uh, I got. It was the rally squirrel. I got Nolan Ryan. We're talking about the rally cat for, for, for the A's. I got <laughs> Nolan Ryan. We got everybody. Right. We're covered. Uh, one more thing. You're going to Florida. I've done Florida a lot. I think Florida gets a bad Awful. one. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually. It's a fun. You like it. It's a fun party place. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I, everything's three hours away, you know. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about baseball. I wasn't oh. doing anything <laughs> in baseball. I'm just saying I've done Miami, I've done Fort Lauderdale, I've yeah, done, I've done yeah. Orlando. I grew, I grew up a little in Florida. I've like, done yeah, Tampa, I've done St. Pete, I've done Jacksonville. There's a lot of fun to be had in Florida, but we're the land of breweries. I was always cocktailing in Florida. What That's are you looking true. for beer wise? I mean, how they how's their brewery brewery department in Florida? It's not it's not super it's not super great. One place that I'm really targeting is Green Cheek in Saint in um Saint Petersburg. It's uh actually I think uh oh no, I said Green Bench. Green Cheek is in LA. Green Bench is in, in Saint Petersburg. That's one of my favorite spots. Cigar City is is one of those OGs that uh, people know. Um that's also in Tampa. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start in West Palm Beach and make my way over to Tampa. So I'll make sure to hit those beer spots in Tampa. Uh, there's not too much going on in the rest of the state. Well, I love it. Next time we talk, we'll be Cactus League. You'll be Grapefruit League. That means we're covering all spring training, baby. <laughs> That's right, coast to coast, coast sort of. to coast, border to border. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we get the man his outro, please? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Safe travels, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. You too. Thanks for having me. The great Eno Saris right here on A's Cast Live. Yes, the rally monkey. He's still here. I bust him out during the season. My wife asked, does Tommy still have my rally monkey? Oh, you betcha. So this is the best. We've got to put Nolan back. Respect for the Hall of Famer. Uh, the only thing we're missing is we we don't have anything Astros related. Blummer needs to come through with that bobblehead. Or we just put his jersey somewhere in here. What are we going to do for that? What are we going to do? There's the rally monkey. If only we knew some people in Houston that we're very close with. What can we get from Houston? I just hate Houston. How about a Steve Sparks A's jersey? I just hate Houston. I hate Houston. I just really do. Uh, he has, you know, as who the rally score was. That's uh, the Cardinals. I just, I, I really dislike, it. and and I'm nothing against the city. I, I like Houston. I mean, everybody bags on. Ah, I don't like this. I, I had great times in Houston. Are you kidding me? Houston's a fun town. Now, once again, I'm not looking to live in these places. I'm literally showing up for like two days and going big, and then I get out. 
but I've seen Houston. Been to a Rockets game. I've partied all through Houston. I went to a bar one time that I still have pictures of. There's a bar in Houston. It's a bar, but then they have a back bar. So it's a bar, and then they have a secret back bar that's all Magnum P.I. Interesting. I heard they re- they're actually rebooting that show, by the way. So, I mean, everything's Tom Selleck. All the drinks are Magnum P.I. They have old Magnum P.I. shows running the whole time. It's hilarious. Was Magnum P.I. filmed in Houston? No, it's in Hawaii. But that's the that's- funny thing. They got a bar in Houston that has a secret back bar that's all Magnum P.I. stuff. So two of the biggest shows in the 80s were Hawaii Five O and Magnum P.I., and they are both in Hawaii. Interesting. You didn't know Magnum P.I. was filmed in Hawaii? Never watched it. You never watched reruns of no. Magnum P.I.? No. I just know they, reboot, they rebooted it. You know Tom Selleck was Magnum P.I., yes. right? You've never seen Magnum P.I.? No. The only show I ever watched with Tom Selleck in was Friends. Oh, my God. And I've seen Mr. Baseball. <laughs> I'm Please sorry. tell me, all of you out there, you've seen Magnum P.I. You've never seen a rerun of it? Uh, I don't think it was ever on. The, the show that was on when I was a kid was Walker, Texas Ranger. That's Chuck Norris. That's what I'm dealing with. That's what I'm dealing with. Fun show today. Got to rip the Astros. That's always great. And Got the to Brewers. talk some Paul, Paul Blackburn. Brewers not paying. Brewers not paying cheap. <laughs> uh, Eno got some great ones in for uh, the A's. I think Blackburn's a big key, but we talked Fuji. Shintaro. Uh, talked about Connor K. I'm telling you, I like Connor Capel. I do. And he's only 25, which is nice. I like Some guys need opportunities. Connor Capel. Speaking of opportunities. What? Robbie Grossman, now a Texas Ranger. That happened while we were on with Eno. So Robbie back in the division. Robbie back in the division. Friend of the program. Big big friend of StatCast. No, I like that. Hey, Robbie's another good interview we can have. Uh, Let's sell some tickets. So today's the last day you can do it. Uh, You got till midnight. But pitchers and catchers have officially reported to Arizona. Grab your sunglasses, A's gear, and it's a great deal to get ready Merch. for some fun in the sun. Act fast as they are $5 lawn seats and $15 terrace seats. The deal doesn't want last. Today's the last day to get them. You have until 11.59 tonight. Athletics.com slash tickets. Remember, all single-game tickets are on sale as well. Athletics.com slash tickets. Uh, real quick, Pakoda, I looked at it today because we really didn't a chance to get into it. Listen to Buster's podcast. They were joking, saying how we weren't going to – Win 62 games. 64 and a half now is up to. So round it's it up. jumped to 64 and a half. So round it up 65 wins for the A's. Buster said we weren't going to win 62. We should save that bulletin board material. Yes. Buster said we won't win 62. Will it be weird if I put that in everybody's locker down <laughs> at spring training? Walk up to like some like um, uh, who, who's like the most recent guy. Uh, Noda, the new the the rule five pick out from the. Hey Dodgers. Ryan, nice to meet you. Buster only said you guys won't win sixty two. Hand, hand it to him. See, this is what he said. What are you going to do about it? Huh? Hey JP Sears, you going to take this? Yeah, I want to get into that with Katze. You want me to talk to the team? Seriously, walk up, and be like, hey, you got? They say you're terrible. You going to take that? You going to take that? Put a chip on your shoulder. I would say Robert Conrad, but you probably have no idea who Robert Conrad is. I've heard the name. He was the knocked this battery off my shoulder. The commercial, famous commercials. Uh, no, I've never seen him. I'm going to get that drop from Major League though. The every sports writer America has us has picked us last in division. Yeah, fact. 
Absolute fact. All right, so Monday we're back on one to three, right? Uh, no, President's Day. We have the day off? Yeah. You didn't tell me that. Day off. Then we fly to Arizona Tuesday. For Back on the air Wednesday. All right, the next time you see us, the next time you hear us, we will be. We're, we're shooting for. Oh boy. In the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, we, were, we were shooting for noon Arizona time. That'd be 11 a.m. here. Maybe we should just do one Arizona 12 here. Right, we'll figure it out. Why? Want to go on 11 a.m. here? Here? Yeah, we, if we do 12 there, they're not, it's, time change doesn't happen yet. It doesn't happen for another couple weeks. It's not my problem. We'll be in Arizona. What do we care? Yeah, all right. Yeah. So you'll probably see us not next. Not my problem. You'll see us next week at around maybe 11 a.m. Don't forget, winning fixes everything. How baseball's brightest minds created sport's biggest mess. Get this book. We can all talk about it. Evan Drellich, we thank him from The Athletic coming on. I, he, a lot of people want him right now. He's in high demand. We were able to get him. We appreciate that. Of course, Eno Saris. Great show today. We'll be back on Wednesday. Of course, you can keep listening to Ace Cast, but we'll be back on Wednesday from the Valley of the Sun. We get you ready for spring training right here on A's Cast Live. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's that time of the year. Single game tickets are now on sale for the 2023 season. Secure your tickets for some of the biggest matchups, fireworks, drone shows, giveaways, and more. From opening weekend against the Angels to the 50th reunion of the 1973 World Series team, to unique giveaways like Pit Viper glasses. There is so much happening at the ballpark this season. Don't miss out on other home stands as we take on the Giants, Padres, Yankees, Cubs, and Braves. Visit athletics.com slash tickets to get yours now. That's athletics.com slash tickets. The Oakland Athletics begin spring training on February 25th. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Buy your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and more at Ho-Ho-Cam Stadium. Antonio, it's a deep drive to right in the corner. Gritchick going back. He'll turn and watch it fly. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.